What's up, y'all? All right. So listen, we have a new opportunity so you can be loyal increasingly <laughs> to the Corner Store Podcast. Uh, we have a Patreon account. Talk about David. Where can people find us on Patreon? Patreon.com slash Corner Store underscore pod. And this is a way where you can support us each and every week. Uh, there are, you know, very... Uh, affordable ways to support the corner store. It gives you a multitude of options. You could support the snacks, uh, stop Max from coming out of his pocket every week uh, to you know feed people in the corner store. And you could also be a part of a live studio broadcast if you wish. There's a lot of things in that Patreon account. Uh, Tar, where can people find that one more time? <laughs> Patreon.com slash corner store underscore pod. Y'all, please consider becoming a Patreon a patron of the corner store. Uh, thank you for your support. Ladies and gentlemen, you hear our guest ASMRing for the people at home, but welcome to another edition of the corner store. I'm your co-host Kevin Koval flying solo again, sadly without our dear homie, Tara Mahadevan, who is on assignment. I don't know. Tara is just like out in the world doing things constantly and, uh, you know, doing ill shit, fly shit all the time. Um, finding stuff to put us all onto, and uh, she's not here for this conversation, sadly. But I'm so glad that uh, I am present for someone who has a big project coming out, has had a big a big week, uh, and just all the good things to come uh, in the corner store. We have Kaina. Hi, yo, Kaina. We're both wearing sunglasses. I know. You put right yours now. on when you saw Kevin me with mine. Kevin was wearing his sunglasses, so I was like... You want to match. Going to match. Yours are cooler. Yeah. No surprise there. They're not my own. Whose are they? They're Ares Beth's, my roommates. Oh, shout out. Shout mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. Um, Kaina, I, I think you know the drill, but uh, we do not let you leave empty-handed in the corner store. <laughs> Max has secured <gasps> some snacks for you um, from Jump. We have uh, dry-roasted berry edamame blend it's a good source of protein Whoa. yeah so uh, uh, wow. enjoy that we also this in is, addition we're also doing asmr so this is what those sound oh. like guys oh yeah no you're you're really doing the work um we also have some okay <laughs> uh dark chocolate pepperidge farm milanos chocolate 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 <laughs> thank you so much yeah guys this is what this sounds like you're the best at this. Uh, and then also a Kavita sparkling probiotic lemon ginger drink. It's organic. Hmm. Oh, no, you don't you, you don't seem pleased with that. This is what this sounds like. <laughs> don't open it now. Oh, I <laughs> forgot I can't shake that. Oh, well. It's all right. Just give it a moment. All right. We're going to let her sit. But please enjoy, Kaina. Uh, welcome to the corner store. You've been in the building before, but uh, n- not on the mic. You've you've refused our interviews. That's up such to- a lie. You've never had me. You have never asked me to do this. We've been trying to get- <laughs> You have literally never. I will go through my emails and check where you sent one because you didn't. Well, I, okay. I, I, I might not. And it's that on that. Well, uh, but I've, I've dreamed about it. But it is, it's the appropriate time to <laughs> it do is, it. It is. Thanks because, for having me, Kevin. No, thank you, of course. Thank you for being here. You are in the midst of an incredible... Run. It's just can we, can we just break down the week? Just what the week has been a little bit, and yeah. then we'll go back. We'll do the whole thing. But yeah. just what has happened this week to you? Um, too much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, where that's the you? end of the interview. <laughs> that's, it. that's it. Goodbye. Uh, where do I begin? It's so just been a big week. It's right? been a big couple of months. Like, yeah. released three singles. They're yes. out right now. They're right. called. It started with Green, which is the lead single. Accompanied by a beautiful video. Yes. Right? Yes, directed, directed by, by John, John Doe. Mm-hmm. Which um, was super fun. People could find that, that video, of course, on the internet. Yep, on the internet. Just search my name, Kaina. And uh, and then we did Ghost, and then we ended with Could Be a Curse, with um, which features my best friend, Sen Morimoto, who also helped me produce all of this. Um, and then... Uh, we've just been grinding and ever since and a lot of the things that we've been working on we haven't really been able to talk about or announce until this week right you know? um after that got to announce that i was coming out with an album called next to the sun which comes out friday july 12th and then i announced that i was headlining lincoln hall on july 14th and then this week we also got to announce that we will be throwing a two-day restaurant pop-up called Mama Castillo, which features traditional Venezuelan food 
and the head chef is my mother. Hey. Um, and so on the Mama Castillo, the Mama Castillo, yeah. and so on. On Friday night, people can come and celebrate the album with me, and eat the good food, and listen to good music, and have a drink. And then Saturday, it'll be open all day. And then Friday, we play the show. Yeah. Um, also, there's Sunday. Yeah, you play the show. Sunday, I yeah, play right. the show. And, yeah, and Friday and Saturday, people could come to the restaurant mm-hmm, and hang out and celebrate and get a ticket get a shirt get the vinyl get the cd and and then come over to the show right and it is um i cannot oversell your mom's food enough (laughs) because it is so good that uh if people have taste buds even if they don't she'll probably like (laughs) penetrate the taste buds and and get folks to like you know maybe uh, awaken them again or Or resurrect them like lazarus like you know there's those people who are um i've come across a couple people in my lifetime who are like i don't understand food it's such a waste of time Uh, it takes a long time to make i wish that i could just like have a, a like chip in my body that takes care of my energy and sometimes when i'm too tired to do anything i feel that but a lot of the time i'm like how do you not care for food? Yeah. That's crazy. I think I think your mom's food would uh, cure people of that. Weakness. Yeah. Of course. Okay. And then the show. And we'll go over all these at the end. Mm-hmm. And, and then in addition to this, you also got news this week. Can you can you talk about that? No, or no? I, can't, I actually can't talk about that. But people can. Shut it down. I think it's. Down, I think down. it'll. I think the news that I'm announcing happens the day after the headliner, so on the 15th. Bet. But if some people, really good, news. yeah, if people come to my to my page on the 15th, I'll be able to learn what's up. But and what's the page? Um, just like on my Instagram, Kaina, Twitter, Kaina Castillo. But um, aside from that, I'm again also like going on tour, opening up for my my big brothers, the Omis, right um, after Pitchfork. So from the 23rd to the 25th, just like a couple shows in on the East Coast, Philly, D.C., New York, Boston. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. All right, so so that's just the week. So, <laughs> and I want to I want to come back and, and remind people about um, the show and and, and the pop up, everything we're doing, everything you're doing, and then uh, and and maybe even at the end, maybe we get a little sneak peek of yeah. of, of the record. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how we do. Maybe by the end of the interview, I'll pitch you off, and you'll be like, you know what? No, no, you know no. what's not happening. No, we're gonna listen. To okay, it. We'll right, listen to it. Good. Um, so let's go back. Uh, born, bred in. The city of Chicago. Yes. Right. Um, where? And uh, I, of course, I mean, I, I, w- I want to hear about your parents. Um, well, I yeah, grew up in the Irving Park neighborhood. That's where my first memories come from, Irving Park. And then I feel like we briefly moved to the west side for a year or two or something like that. And then came back to Irving Park area. Um, to the house you guys are in, or the house the, they're in the now. apartment, yeah, yeah, that they're in right now. Yeah. We've been there probably the longest. They're still there. Um, and, uh, yeah, my parents met in Chicago. My mom came here to be, as you know, a nanny and cook for, um, who is now my godmother. And my godmother was working for the Council of Venezuela in Chicago, and she needed someone to help. And my mom came from Venezuela to come be a nanny, um, and then all these Venezuelans in Chicago started learning about my mom and her cooking and just like her work ethic and who she was. And she ended up becoming just like a nanny and cook for a bunch of uh, Venezuelans on the White Sox, like Wilson Alvarez and Ozzie Guillen when he right. was playing. Right. Um, and uh, at some point met my dad through mutual friends. Um, met my dad because they would go out to dance like with like their their mutual friends would go out to dance and that's where they met um and then i yeah i came along and ruined their lives (laughs) my dad was like yeah we used to go to all the jordan games and blah 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 and i was like wow well it's i'm sorry (laughs) i I think that they're i think that they are very happy with you and your brother and yes um they still seem to have a very good time. So, yes, they uh, do. I'm just, yeah. you know, when you reflect, you know, that's that was such an era for Chicago. When you're thinking yeah. about, I'm trying to think, you know, because my my mom, because my mom was um, touring and being an Annie and, and chef for such exclusive um, athletes in Chicago, she had such a into all these monumental uh, times of of life when you know Jordan is winning shit and like right. is going down you know like i don't yeah. know before your era before my era yeah. before i came along yes yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and of course, your your dad is not Venezuelan. No, my dad is Guatemalan, and um, it's funny. I actually just I realized recently. Some I feel much more connected a little to my Venezuelan side because I've gotten to see that family the most. My my mom's side of the family, when Venezuela wasn't so fucked up and corrupt, they kind they kind of were on the wealthier side because they owned land. And my my um, dad's side of the family, you know, yeah, he didn't come from a ton and they had to work really really hard um and so my mom's family could afford to fly you know in and out from venezuela and and back and everything um but i was realizing lately that i didn't actually know my dad's origin story like how he came to be in the states and i asked him the other day and i was like dad like how did you get here and he said that his friend just knew a path and how to cross the border and i was like did you struggle because i was like oh no you know we hear all these stories like oh, blah 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 and then of course like because it's my family and it's hilarious my dad was like no like at the time you could literally just walk across the border and he was like N-. i was like you didn't struggle you didn't have a hard time you know like i'm like what happened to you <laughs> and he's like no we literally just walked across yeah, it wasn't militarized in the way that it, it that is. That is now, yeah. Yeah. There yeah. has been. But right. like yeah, it's just that's how he, he said that he just had some an aunt that lived in Chicago at the time and he was like, That's where I'm gonna go and he ended up in Chicago. Yeah. And what and what are some of the things that he I mean, I know him as a DJ, but what are some <laughs> of the things that he has been doing with his uh career? Uh well he he told me that he worked at a really young age like he started working when he was like 11 just like driving cars and in in Guatemala like um I, I don't know exactly what it is but, or driving trucks and stuff and um and then just like was an engineer there at some point and then here and when he got to Chicago he was just kind of a mechanic for a long time but he said like he said that he used to do like pretty serious work but because that didn't translate across to the US like he kind of got stuck just doing like labor jobs or doing being a mechanic but not at a level where um he was maybe doing it in Guatemala. And now you came up in a a household that had a lot of culture, right? A lot of a lot of food, a lot of music. Mm-hmm. Um you got involved in the arts when you were pretty young. Yeah. How did that how did that happen? So it's pretty funny, but in elementary school, I went to this elementary school in Roscoe Village called uh, Audubon Elementary. And at the time, the music teacher just started handing out these flyers to this thing. And it was funny. I was trying to remember why my friends and I decided to audition for this thing. And I think it's because like Cheetah Girls, they were popping. And we were like, oh, my God, like we're going to be like the Cheetah Girls. (laughs) Like we're going to be like the Cheetah Girls. We're going to like go dance and sing. And my yeah, my music teacher some random lady because they kept switching out the music teachers they like she handed out these flyers i don't know if a parent handed like them to the teacher and was like we're recruiting or i don't know if it was just like that the happiness club had sent something to the school and was like we're recruiting but there was this flyer for this thing called the happiness club and it was like dancing and singing and at the time you had to audition it was super serious and my like three of my friends and I went to the happiness club and auditioned and I wanted to audition for singing, but I was super shy. And, um, there was some weirdness with the music director at the time. He just like had a specific set of kids that he wanted to work with. And I got into the happiness club, but, um, Tangie Harper, who I considered to be my second mom and is like, is, is, yeah, shout out Tangie. Every day. Um, she's the artistic director of the happiness club. She kind of just took me under her wing and I started dancing and I was so bad at it. And I was also really awkward and shy until I was like 14 through, you know, maybe around the age of 14, 15, 16 is when I actually came out of my, my shell, but you know, it was a terrible, awkward little child trying to dance hip hop and being like what the fuck is you know we've been watching the older kids and being like i'm so bad i'm never gonna be this good um and uh well i want to i want to ask about the happiness yeah. club but even before you you got involved what made you want to sing i it's funny too i was thinking about the moment that i realized that i could sing well and there was this song that you know it's this is another tangent thought, but you know, when you're in elementary school, your school makes you sing like winter pageant or fall pageant songs. 
one i think that's such an interesting concept that like part of the curriculum is like we're gonna make you sing about a fucking snowflake right now like Yo, this is I, what I, you're we're, about to we're do. gonna honor the seasons yeah, we're gonna honor yeah, the seasons yeah. but there is a song that i remember that was called autumn leaf and i really liked the melody i was like this the, song actually isn't boring how'd it go i, I don't remember it, it was, no it's like it's literally I'm telling you, they make up these kid like these little kid songs that they're like, we're gonna sing this for the fall time. But it was like autumn leaf in my hand. How did your colors get so grand? And so that's kind of a tight it's, melody, yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, it's crazy that I still remember that. But I remember singing that out loud, and then these kids like looked back at me, and they were like, "Whoa!" And I was like, "I don't know what just happened. Like, I don't know why you're looking at me like this. You're giving me like a." a whoa like a you know you're kind of shook you're different yeah (laughs) yeah and uh and then i i don't know i think now that i'm older i was like oh i like could sing a little bit and so people were like what like you're supposed to be like a a a eight-year-old kid who can't really sing like why why can you sing like that or something you know um and so that's initially why I wanted to, and also, again, I'm telling you, like, the Disney era of things, like the Hillary Duff, Hannah Montana, right. bear, you know, the beginning of Hannah Montana, but, like, mostly Hillary Duff, Lizzie McGuire, you know, she goes to Rome and becomes a pop superstar, and the Cheetah Girls have bangers only, and so I'm just, like, you know, I'm right, 10. a young girl, I want, my a, I want this life. Yeah, I'm like, this is so sick, I'm going to go to Rome, I'm going to fall in love, I'm going to be a pop star, this is so cool, and just <laughs> decided to audition for this thing i don't even know well i maybe should ask my parents what they were thinking just like taking me to this thing <laughs> and then um ended up staying there for 10 years i mean that's for, yeah that's where i met a, you you know right, of course yeah. there's a um maybe maybe kevin will put no i don't know yet we'll we'll mutually decide if we want to embarrass ourselves because we've definitely you look no, adorable no, no, i no, look no, ridiculous no no we both had our glow up okay <laughs> but there's definitely a photo of kevin and i on like the on the cover of a happiness club cd <laughs> looking so aw- we were bo- a, we both look terrible chi- no no no, no, no. <laughs> no you no. are a child and no. are adorable i, I look wild <laughs> no I mean, it's gross it's that <laughs> awkward phase where i'm not like a cute kid anymore and i'm also not like a hot teenager it's terrible (laughs) well but um you know (laughs) oh god maybe we'll see if we'll put we'll see okay we'll we'll talk about it all right we will we'll we'll confer um, circling back to the happiness club again you know ended up falling into a group that is a non-profit and is free and so i'm i joined the group when i'm nine about to turn 10 i remember i was just it was i joined in december and i was just about to turn 10 because my birthday is in january and it's just like a, a group where kids from all over chicago from the ages of uh like eight to you know 20 until until tangy kicks them out and decides <laughs> they're ready for the actual world, world yeah um they get to stay there they get to write songs you know write raps learn how to dance Uh, learn how to collaborate learn how to collaborate and you know well that's you know that's the bigger theme there is that i was nine ten hanging out with kids who were like way older than me and um just got to learn so much about performing and music from older people older than i was and also a lot of things about life you know we the whole thing the whole point of the happiness club is that you're bringing a bunch of kids from all over the city of chicago which obviously like impacts every kid every neighborhood is so different and so you're meeting kids from different backgrounds from different privileges from different classes and that's such a you know at the time that you're in a group like that because you're 10 you're not like wow this is crazy like this is so much cultural influence but being older and not having much family in the U.S. I realized that the happiness club was really the thing that you know, allowed me to not assimilate or be whitewashed in this country because I don't have a frame of reference for anything else besides my immediate family and literally the culture that I gained from being in the Happiness Club. Yeah, and 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 shout out to the Schulmans. Uh, yeah, and yes. and and you know, Tangi is is one of the best educators, yes. the best mentors in on the best planet. Best person. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, on the planet. Just yes. an incredible an incredible presence in this city who has given so much to so many people, myself yes. included, yeah. YCA included, 
um and, and keeps and, and keeps going you yeah. know i think about her all the time and she's a grown woman she's still really young and has been teaching kids for like almost maybe 15 years she has three kids of her own and ha- and then you know gains a bunch of kids like gains a, every a, year you know forever forever yeah. and you know ha- feel you know feels that f- uh, family tie with a bunch of kids who aren't her own blood like me her you know my mom and and her claim me as their daughter together and there's no like weirdness there they're like we raised this kid you know like yeah, um on the maternal side you know and right. and that also feels special to me because like i said i don't really have a lot of close family and so she really became like a second mother there you know um at, at some yeah. at some point because you know the the vast majority of, of kids who come through these programs of young artists who come through these programs they don't necessarily go on to become professional artists i mean some of it is also about youth development mm-hmm. some some of it's about learning you know, get learning getting confidence yeah. building with others mm-hmm. at, at what point did you start to realize that this fantasy of being a cheetah girl <laughs> <laughs> was uh on the horizon not necessarily i mean but but in some ways like like, like when did you when did you start to take yourself seriously uh that this is the direction i want to move um maybe this year i don't know you (laughs) know like i mean you you know me and a lot of people know me and i think it's really hard for me to sit down and be like i am so serious about this now you know because it's always just been an outlet but um circling back to tangy you know she also was teaching at after school matters for a really long time like 10 years or plus and part of you know happiness club is more like young and like let's you know learn how to write let's blah 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 and then after school matters is actually like um programming meant designed to pay teens to do something that they love and so i transitioned into that programming when i got into high school and even then when i was younger tangy really drilled something in our minds about you know, if you're not going to do this, you at least should take away that you are a professional. And as an entertainer, a lot of people in the world will try to undervalue what you what you cost. They'll be like, you're just a dancer in the background. Like, why am I going to pay you? You know, um, and she really taught us our value and taught us that in every effort we make, we are doing something professional, even though it's creative. You know, I think it takes a really long time for a kid or a, even a, just a human being to learn that their you know graphic designing that their production is money like that equates to something yeah it's valuable it has value yeah Yeah. uh when did you when did you start to write you know back at you know happiness club again like towards you know okay so i only was a dancer in the happiness club probably until the age of 16 and then one of the mentors there wrote a song called never give up for me and i they were like, you're the only one who's going to sing this. Like, you have to sing finally. So then 16 on till the end of the Happiness Club, my years transitioning on out, um, was singing and dancing simultaneously around 18, 19. Just got really, really fucking good at dancing and then decided that the only way I could advance was to join something outside of, like, a professional group, and I didn't want to do that. I didn't love it. And then um, only became a singer at the Happiness Club. And at the same time, like so like, let's say senior year of high school, 17, right? Um, that was the same time that I was in a creative writing class and that YCA sent, you know, writing teachers to my class to help coach our team. And that was the only year I slammed at Louder hey, Than a Bomb and hey. wrote so much shitty poetry and was going to wordplay every single Tuesday, was going to every single LTAB event. Like, Who was the teaching artist in your in your class, do you remember? Hmm, one of them was Dominique. Um, what's Cheston? What's her oh, name? yeah, yeah. Dominique, Dominique Cheston. Cheston, yeah. yeah, 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 I'm yeah. Always, I was like fumble her name. Yeah. So she was she was a big one, and yeah. and my teachers at Lane Tech, Molly Meacham, oh, yeah, who's man. an wow. incredible, amazing poet, you know. Yeah. Um, and so that was my that was my my squad there, you know. Um, and so at the same time, I'm growing and I'm transit getting close to my transition out of the Happiness Club, you know, close ish, um, towards the end, and decide that I really like writing, you know. Towards the towards the end of the Happiness Club is where I. I would say I was maybe 18, 19. Life started to pick up 
a lot. I was going to go to college and I didn't have a lot of time, but I had words to contribute and just started writing songs for the Happiness Club and then writing. And also senior year is the first year that I um, had this band in high school that started out named as The Loop and then became this band called Mama Say. And then I started doing my solo stuff. Right. Right. And so and, and so when did you start to put music out into the world for people to see, to hear? It was it started with Sweet as Hell, but it I it was so it's really crazy reflecting on this. It really happened in at such a concentrated part. Like I feel like that with my with my life, the way that things happened to me, I things feel like a lifetime ago, but when I reflect and talk about them, I realize that I was in the happiness club in high school doing um louder than a bomb you know doing creative writing starting a band with my high school friends and playing shows so people around the scene in chicago just started picking up on the fact that i could sing and they were like you want to play the show and then i was like okay and then other people saw us play and were like let's book you for the show let's book you for the show we're gonna do this you know I, th- I would say that my freshman year of college and senior year of hi- senior year of high school, I had already played at Shuba's. I had played at Sub T, and I was just like out, literally just out here doing so much at one time, and um, not, but also not releasing any music. Like maybe I would release a single. I think the first one was something silly called Night Owl, and the you know YCA circuit of people from wordplay knew that song or this other song called i i don't even know belong it was just like really random little singles but not anything serious like you would have to find me and my soundcloud and it was so like obscure and just there but like the stuff with the band which is what i was actually playing so much in chicago none of it was released and it's it's crazy to reflect and be like wow i'm releasing so much music right now and playing shows for it but there was a moment in my life where you know it's funny Sen and I talk about how cool it would be sometimes to just play shows and never release music but I did do that for <laughs> which a while. is insane yeah yeah I, well I want I want to ask about Sen and and how you all met and and we're going to end up skipping over a whole so much big part of your life but we need like some, two, we, two know, of these yeah. to go, well, and, yeah. and, and please come back I mean I would love yeah. for you to come back and 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 because I know Tara also would love to ask you a billion questions <laughs> but um I do want to get to talk about the record because it's such a beautiful, beautiful project, and and you know your first, uh, you know, album, a, a, album. Yeah. And, and so um, you know, Sen is in the room too, and, and you I were, said, you were hi, yeah, yell. Yeah. oh, you hear him kind of, and and he you were in the room for his interview uh, and refused to, to say anything. Um, oh yeah, I'm so stubborn. Yeah, I, I've learned that, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, Sen, of course, um, you know, you guys have, have such a, a beautiful relationship and uh, he has, you know, figured so prominently in this project. How, how did y'all meet? So um, Sen and I met at this this uh, show that Namdi Obanayo is also playing. And Namdi is the co uh, one of the co-founders of super records and that was my first time listening to namdi's music and we were just on the same bill and um uh being honest there was something really there was something messed up that happened that night just like something racist and i remember sitting at the back of the room and feeling really fucked up about it and then i see this dude with like such a worried face um and I was like, oh, man, like, he feels the same. And I was like, hey, man, do you want to, like, sit with me, my friend? Like, we're both feeling the same way about this really weird racist interaction. Uh, and uh, he was like, yeah, okay, <laughs> and, like, sat down. And then um, played my set, and I was playing with this guitarist, Brian Sanborn, who's actually playing with me at Lincoln Hall um, on the 14th. July 14th. Yes. Record release. Record release. Make sure you get your ticket. Oh, my God, okay. stop. <laughs> Um, but anyways, yeah, so I was playing with, with Brian and, um, Brian and Namdi knew each other. And so after the show, Namdi, Brian and I are talking, they're like, man, like, are you on that show too? That's crazy. And I was like, what are you guys talking about? And then, uh, Namdi and Brian, like, we're playing for our friend Sen, like he's opening up for Bad, Bad, Not Good. And I was like, that's so cool. Like that, I love them. Like I was, I was really into their, um, record at that time 
I think it's just self-titled Bad Bad Not Good one, and it's just like instrumental and like jazzy music. And yeah, they're incredible. It was so tight, and I was like, what? Like this man, he's opening up. They're like, yeah, he's here, he's here, and I was like, what? They were like, actually, you should sing with him, and I was like, okay. I mean, I will help him open for Bad Bad Not Good, and that sounds cool. And they bring me over to the bar and they're like, this is Sen. And I was like, what? This is the guy who I had talked to earlier about this thing that was messed up. And then um, Sen, Sen is so funny. Just like these, you know, two friends of his are like, you should have Kaina sing with you. And Sen watched the set. I was like, that was so good. And I was like, yeah, okay. And uh, and then Sen was like, do you, I, yeah, sing with me. And I was like, okay. Exchanged numbers. And I was like, this dude is never going to hit me up. You know, like, you know, people are like, let's build in Chicago all the time. And I was like, he's not going to hit me up, whatever. Um, and then he hit me up. He was like, hey, you want to rehearse tomorrow? And I was like, oh, my God, what? Now I have a responsibility. This is crazy. Um, and remember sitting on a on like my my kitchen floor listening to the demo, like the songs that send sent me to learn and being like, I am not a good enough singer for this stuff because his his music is really his vocal parts his harmonies are really hard to sing and um you know got ready tried my best to be really prepared came over and was like I guess overly prepared for Sutton and I don't know we were, we were just best friends ever since hanging out every day it just clicked I ended up asking him to play keys for something of mine at the tonic room and then we we've been hanging out and best friends ever since well and that the, this album, in, in part, is a product of that friendship. You guys, you guys totally. produced the record together. Yeah, I mean, I would say that um, releasing for you the EP and the single for Fucked Up and um, making and releasing an album, Sen will like refuse to admit, you know, own up to this. But like, he's really the reason I finished all those things. I was when I met Sen, I was in a really dark place about music i felt you know i had i really sweet as hell and i didn't expect anything to come from that ep and i was young and i didn't know anything about music business or what to expect and how to protect myself and take care of my energy and so when i met sen it had been like maybe a year of that and getting burnt out and being like i don't really know what i'm doing here a lot of these songs are just my journal entries from high school they became a thing i'm i guess this is a thing now that i'm doing and so when i met sen i was in a in a really like terrible dark place of being like i don't really want to make music right now or i don't really know what to do because i this doesn't feel good right now and um I don't know if he remembers that, but every time I'm like, you're the, re you know, you're the reason that I finished for you is he was like, you have all these demos already. We just have to finish them and you have to put them out and then you get to create the sort of experience that you want for yourself moving forward. Um, and then with the album too, you know, release for you was freelancing a bunch and had dropped out of college and, um, where were you going by the way? I went to DePaul. Ah. And you know, you know, it's crazy because I've I've been talking to Leor about some, like this thing he's working on, and he asked me today like to clarify some things, and I realized that I had dropped out of uh, college like November of 2016, which was a month before I met Sen. So I was going through all these really terrible, difficult times by myself, just like navigating how to begin doing music and simultaneously dropping out of college, which hurt a lot. For me, because I was scared, you know, that's what you're told to do, especially as a first-gen person. Was you're, that hard for your parents? You know, I I think it was really hard for my parents initially, but I have a track record of showing them that I kind of know what I'm doing with yeah. my life. Yeah. So by that time, and they've never been able to control me either. So I think by that time, they were just like, well, if you, as long as you're working, as long as you're good and, whatever, you know, whatever. They're always like, as long as you're good, we're good. Um but I realized today that I was like, it was such a tough time. Like I was, you know, again, was um, realizing that college wasn't a, a actual thing that needs to happen for everyone and dropped out of school and then was navigating j being thrown into the music business, which like all business is nasty and I'm a sensitive person <laughs> and I'm young, you know, at the younger at the time. And then, um, yeah, met Sen felt like I understood how to navigate better. He helped me finish the demos for For You, helped me put that out. 
like I said, started freelancing and had some success from all of these things and then just kind of got in a slump again, like, you know, about what I want to do with my life and became another moment where Sen was like, dude, you have like you have these like demos. Let's do it. Let's finish it. Let's make an album. We'll release it. We'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think, I think maybe now that he's in the room and I'm contextualizing the space or like reminding us all of the space that I was in before I met him, maybe he'll own up to the fact that he really did push me to finish all these things more than he actually thinks. <laughs> Still does. He's yeah, shaking he's his like, head. No. He's like, nah, actually. Well, it's true. It was really hard for me. Well, I think, I think all of us need, you know, uh, at our best support <laughs> support and to be in a creative community and people encouraging you it's hard to make a go of it alone mm-hmm. and so i think that you know who your crew is is really essential in yeah. our maturation our development and and that push that we need that takes uh, a long time too you know yeah. like i am only now feeling like i'm at a space where i'm good with my fam like we're good and the people around me i feel really comfortable you know so the album is um I mean, this is going to drop on a, on a Tuesday, and people will be able to hear the record in full on Friday. Friday. Uh, yeah. yeah, which is the twelfth of July. Um, the album's called "Next to the Sun," and and uh, you said maybe you're down to give us a preview, an exclusive of yeah. of the title, the eponymous the, track, the title track. Yeah. yeah. You mind if we listen to it and talk about it? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, Cashera, if you don't mind. Yo, 
exclusive. <laughs> I mean, it's beautiful. Thank you. You you cover so much terrain sonically and emotionally on this on the whole album. Uh, it's very high highs and and lows. Mm-hmm. And um, we when we were speaking at the Hoxton the other day, we also talked about just sonically, you know, all of the different influences and strands of music from around the planet uh that that also kind of make it onto this record and even your vocals you know you're you're you have such range um as a as a as a song as a singer and as a songwriter um the project's about to be in the world and it's it's something that's going to change your life uh what are some of the things that you hope people will take away from listening to the project um just like so much self-acceptance um we talked about this a lot but i feel like the project is a journey through you know a difficult time when we're like was again like i said sen was pushing me again to finish an album making me do the work and part of that work i realized was that i was avoiding self-work and so this album just like we go through the motions you know it begins really next to the sun the title track we just listened to uh is on the a side of of the record of the album so you know we hear something like this and it begins really like i'm so like analytical i'm thinking about who i am in the world and what's what i need from the world and what my boundaries are and and all of these you know themes and then we end somewhere like green and green is so confident you know it's like i've finally accepted myself i've validated my feelings and i know what how to how to um i'm like emotionally more mature and just more mature in general and being real with myself about what i need to take care of and how do i need to preserve myself um yeah so i hope that people get to listen to it and get to find that balance in their duality and that's what this track specifically is talking about and why why sen actually named it next to the sun because it's about that duality of life in my first verse i say that you know um chaos low tides taste like sunshine and it's so like gnarly or, or. like you're getting you're getting it's so like masochistic you know that's i think that's the right word just being so like gnarly and there's a there's a feeling that i get there where i'm just like oh god this is like this is this is the feeling i felt making the album which is like i'm uh opening up so many feelings that feel like pandora's box like it's you know but you can't you want to open it there's something so like twisted you know you're like oh this is the work i need to do i want to run away but also like need to do it what if it feels good you know and it and it really did you know i just like i hope yeah this song is about facing that duality of yourself of all the parts of your identity and trying not to box yourself in and being like this is me as a whole as a person and that work and uh, figuring myself out will be worth it nice you also of course um you know, sonically represent, uh, you know, the, the multicultural spaces you come from. And there's a song on the record that also is addressing, or it seems to be addressing at least kind of the current state of where we're at in the deplorable state of our uh, isolation of uh, yeah. black and brown communities, mm-hmm. the, you camps. know, detention, the camps yeah. That, yeah, uh, of, of migrants uh, moving into this country. And you address that on this record, too. Yeah, it's actually, you know, I realized that I wrote this song in like 2016. So it's been like five years and you've heard me perform the song. I've done it in many variations and um, it's a song that I would perform live, but I've never had a proper recording of or never felt the need to. And this is House. House, the the first um, track, the opening track. Um, And... I don't necessarily feel like like I was like I need to say something about the times right now. It just this was one of the songs that I've had for a really long time and you know like poems like something you work on something forever and then there's sometimes it's not the right time to set it free. And I don't know if it was like subconsciously that I decided to do it but you know Sen and I were just like what songs do we have right now? And that was one of them. And I was like, actually, this is like, 
you know, I don't know how I feel about releasing this, but it's probably one of my favorite um, songs that I've written. It's one of my like strongest, I think, songwriting. And just, you know, I feel I feel like that song you could put on a piece of paper and probably um, um, like read it as a poem, too. So it's but it's just kind of funny because I wrote the song about how I felt about this topic of immigration and such things five years ago and it still hasn't really changed much it's maybe even more worse yeah you know relevant now because it's just so blatant and in your face and really terrible you know well and then you know i and and i think i think that that song will be effective in i think people will need it i think people in the movement will need it i Mm -hmm. think i think it will will influence and and aid and uh you know kind of prop up people who are also in in that work on a daily basis and i love then that the album concludes on a whole other note mm-hmm. right that green is in some ways right which is the last track of the yes. record mm-hmm. um and the beautiful video that people should watch which is a house party in your actual house with your <laughs> uh-huh. real people yeah. and your family yeah um but it also feels like and this is this is a testament to i think the work you do in the world that it is it will be our communities that also save us yeah I mean, I'm like, is that a statement? Because I agree. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, also like a, another question you asked at the Hoxton was if I consider myself an activist, and not. I don't think so. I don't think I do. Like on paper, not necessarily. But we talked about how people need to provide that emotional space as well to, you know, propel some of that movement forward. Um, there are days where I am just like can't get out of bed or I'm too depressed about the world or literally too tired to get up and like go do something like protest. And I try to do those things when I have the energy to. But again, you know, part of growing up is um, realizing that there has to be some, you know, I have to preserve myself. And there was a time when I was 18 and I was like running around Chicago protesting all the time, but I don't have that energy anymore, you know? And so when I don't have the energy, I try to think about the ways that I can embed the thoughts and the wishes and the prayers I have for the world into something. And house is one of those. And in its own way, you know, it's kind of like a prayer, like a questioning on why the way things, why things are the way they are. But green is also kind of similar. Like green is me being like, we can validate all the feelings we're feeling we don't tend to question government and structures and other people all the time but we question ourselves and our feelings all of the time and why do we do that you know why don't we trust ourselves more why don't we accept the way that we feel a little bit more and that's another form to me of of protesting of protesting a life where you're told that your feelings don't matter where you're told that you're selfish for taking care of yourself you know and that and that you know in working communities and communities of color that you don't matter too yes. right so it's like the, even the affirmation of self exactly. becomes contrary to the dominant narrative as a form of resistance just in itself exactly and and also like that in green I'm partially also throughout this whole album but especially green I'm trying to break like some generational shit you know like you know my parents they're lovely people but we have the same habits like we have a hard time talking about our successes we have a hard time believing that we deserve anything have a hard time believing that people will show up because we i feel like we've come from a lifetime of working really hard and never really feeling like we get ahead you know but part of that is the way that government and structure is set up but part of that is some self-inflicted shit you know and so yeah green and a lot of this album is about breaking a lot of that thought you know like yes obviously we know that the government is rigged that this whole thing is rigged but part of this um on part of this process of becoming free is unlearning the things that were literally embedded into you embedded into into families embedded into the kids of of the families who've who've come here and i was one of those you know um yeah yeah trying to break that spell of like we don't deserve anything it's like we work hard we deserve everything yeah and we we have a hand in in the creation of our own freedom yes yeah absolutely yeah yeah um well i think you deserve everything 
and I am, um, I I'm I'm proud of you. You know, and, oh, and, and, and I know, but <laughs> but I just and because you you've worked you've you've worked hard for all of this uh, to go over all of what people will be able to do this week. Uh, this coming week. This coming oh, week. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. you'll listen to this. It'll be this week. Yes. Right. So, so on on Friday, there yes. the big things on the record drops on yes. Friday. Let us let us begin. I'll, I'll do a little. A little yeah. Quick, run, run it down. Quick quick thing here. So July twelfth is when my debut album next to the sun comes out via Super Records. You will be able to literally go to a record store and buy a vinyl or CD, which is a crazy feeling. On that. Uh, night you'll be able to join my mom my family my friends and i at 3056 north lincoln i think the start time will be at 7 p.m but check my page in case that changes um for yeah celebrate celebrating the night goose island is given some beers and nick hennessy from the omis will be selling some cocktails um that are uh, album themed and um on Saturday, it'll be open all day. I think right now the times are like 1 to 9. And um, in this back room of the space here, we'll be also selling tickets to the show, some exclusive merch that I haven't announced yet, and uh, CDs and vinyls. And um, had a lot of work from my friends at M- MKTG, Bri-, Bri and Chris and uh, yourself and other people to build this whole idea and forcing me to dream big and again getting out of that spell that we talked about because there were moments where I was like what if I can't make this happen and had all my friends there to help push me to see that dream through for myself and my mom um and then on Friday you can come watch um the the headliner it's um sounds by my roommate Kahikili um and then it'll be Sen kicking off the night. Sunday. This is Sunday. This is Sunday, July 14th at yes. Lincoln Hall. Yep, yep. Um, Sen is kicking off the night. And then we have this band from Dallas, Luna Luna, coming through all the way from Dallas to play the show. Then we have, you know, the most amazing person, Kara Jackson, who's also releasing a book around that time, yeah. um, being my direct opener. And then I'll go on. Um, and then on the 17th at YCA, We'll be throwing a gallery called Next to the Sun that my friend Max, who's in the studio right now, is helping me curate. Max, a.k.a. the Snack Tour. Yes. And um, it'll feature works. Um, it'll mainly feature Runzi and and Glenda Lissette, who both have helped me on this uh, with the art on this album. And also feature nine artists who all created a, a piece for every individual song. And then I go on tour with the Omis, and then hopefully we'll have something else. If you go to my page, there'll be something also major. And where where can people stay in tune with all of all what of is going on in your world? So I finally have a website. It's kaina.live, but I also have an Instagram, which is at kaina, and a Twitter that's at kaina castillo. Uh, that was a lot. I know, guys. We're going no, crazy. Yeah, I know. It, yeah. It's big things. It's big yeah. things. It does not stop. I, I'm I'm so excited for the world to get to listen to this project to get to taste your mom's food to delight in your incredible live performance uh because you are so joyous on stage and you share that uh selflessly with the audience and uh kind thank you so much for being in the corner store thank you kevin we want to thank our super producer dj cashera wdn boss man todd manley Shout out Ernie the Engineer. And of course, Max the Snack Tour. All day. On IG and Twitter, we are... Cornerstore underscore pod. Please y'all rate and subscribe on iTunes. Tell someone to listen to the Corner Store. And if you wish, you could also tell us who we should have on the Corner Store. Yeah, just you know, slide in our DMs. They're open. A great way to support us is through our Patreon account. It's patreon.com slash cornerstore underscore pod. And you can, you know, support us in our future endeavors and, you know get some benefits along the way and it's like the little change jar like yeah, you, that, know. you know in front little, like at the corner jar, right? Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right, right. yeah yeah if you if you listen please support and uh, we really appreciate your support thanks the corner store is brought to you by stolen spirits <laughs>